Welcome to Love and Business, Is It Worth It? I'm your girl, Diane, and on this podcast, we address everything love, everything business, and everything in between. If you're looking to grow with your partner while you're growing your business, you're listening to the podcast that will help you figure it out. Figure it out. F-I-O. F-I-O. All right. As they are connecting. Hey, guys. Hey, Lady Weeks. Hi, guys. Yo, guys. How's it going? All right. This is so exciting. All right. We're adjusting our cameras a little bit. You guys look great, by the way. Thank yes, you. And, and everyone should know the effort that we all put in to make sure that all of this is coordinated correctly. So great job. And I appreciate you putting the whole thing together. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for actually putting up with us. <laughs> Guys, listen, this is not the easiest thing. And can you put the camera up just a little bit? This is definitely not the easiest thing. So we have figured out how to do the IG zoom and facebook live <laughs> and i'm sure somewhere or another next week we will figure out another stream to enter into but hopefully this these past few episodes have been a blessing to you guys as it has been to us but today we are getting down with the nitty listen when we talked about lovepreneur since the beginning since 2015 we've been talking about lovepreneur we've always spoke on one vision different positions and my husband has grown to be part of a group that Nicholas and his wife are for Sears over. And he has been part of the group. It has really grown to just love this couple. And when I officially met them, I did the same. And it was so easy because they understood the dynamic of a power couple. And one of our commandments, which is commandment number 10, is always being around other like-minded couples. And this is an exact example of that. So welcome, Nicholas and Amanda. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah, I appreciate you putting the whole thing together. It's awesome. We're all fitting in these tiny boxes. Look at that. They look great. So appreciate you having us here. It looks amazing. Um, congratulations on so many levels. Let's start by congratulating you guys. And then we'll get into introduction of who is Nicholas and Amanda. But congratulations on the baby five months old now because when i met you guys the baby was still in the belly yeah right (laughs) so congratulations on top of that a brand new car nicholas you're showing off raising the car it's actually amanda's and she earned it by pushing out a baby so i'm like (laughs) credit for that sweet amanda baby number two See what you get next. <laughs> I, I I'm kind of pushing it. I'm like, I want a house. I want a car. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, tell everyone who is Amanda and who is Nicholas, and tell us all about brotherhood, please. Um. So my name is Amanda Barely. Um. I am an entrepreneur, Nicholas and I, which is actually really crazy that we're doing this interview today because it's our anniversary. Um. But I just thought that was. What, perfect you know we're, we're still working we're still hustling and, and Nicholas is talking today like wow like on our anniversary we're still like working together and uh, so we got married eight years ago 18 and 20 years old I was 18 and uh, it's been such an amazing journey so far we we got started business together at that year we got married and it's been uh, we've had our lows we've had our highs and it's just been amazing working together every single day um, for the last eight years, which is crazy. Yeah, this has been like one of my biggest mentors, which I think you guys can talk about a lot in your relationship. One of the coolest things about being married, especially to a powerful woman like this, is that they're the closest people to you. 
And so even in my life, I felt like some people would say, Nicholas, you're amazing, or you've got what it takes. But deep down inside, you kind of feel like, well, they don't really know who I am. But inside of a relationship, I feel that that person is closest to you. So they know everything about you. And that means they know all the faults as well. And so for me, I was a, I was a broke kid that grew up in a broken family. My parents broke up when I was four. I wrote my first suicide letter when I was seven. I then ended up gaining 60 pounds throughout high school, graduated with 1.8 GPA, didn't talk to my dad for years. And it was through the process of first investing in my health, which I was failing in. I was failing in relationship. I didn't have a girlfriend for seven years. And even after I got married, I didn't have any job, no income. And this is all fresh to me today because I was going through all of it since we got married, May 26, 2012. We started our first business. I thought that was a calling. I thought I was going to be amazing at it. Little did I know that I failed for three years. And since then, we've been able to figure out what we call three-dimensional businessman. That's what our business is all about. It's how do you have success without sacrifice? And that's what we are about as a couple. Like I, I have people around me and I make that my focus because that's where I need help. Like I was a failure in these areas. I wasn't just like some pro that was like, I'm so fit. I have a great relationship. I make so much money. No, I had issues and I needed to solve them. And now we just help solve those problems for other people as well and bring them into the ecosystem that we call the brotherhood. I love that because you're also part of the brotherhood. Absolutely. It's definitely been an honor um, just running into Nick. Uh, I actually found Nick on the podcast, his podcast, and um, found out about the uh, Billion Dollar Brotherhood, which is such an amazing platform. There's some great people inside just sharing information and knowledge about business and life and manhood. And um, I just commend you for starting that platform for people such as myself. So always looking for something more, always looking for, you know, people in different areas and demographics. And it's just an amazing platform that you put together. So I, I thank you for that and uh, allowing me to be a part. Definitely. Well, it just shows how legit the platform is, too, with having people like you in it. So <laughs> absolutely, people all respect you. And I appreciate you being a part of it as well. I know that you're someone who loves success without sacrifice because we know deep down inside we sacrifice the things that don't matter so we can have the things that do matter. That's right. And that's what we get to have. It's not no sacrifice it's just sacrificing the junk and it's made us more successful investing in our relationship investing in our body i know that you're very fit as well so i appreciate it most definitely and speaking of the podcast this is when i so i knew about you guys this is when i fell in love with the whole concept so i want to get into what blessed our life so as we told you guys, the topic is one vision, different positions and understanding that. And I wanted to give an example of that specifically. So one day during, um, we were traveling, we were in our car, he wanted to listen to his favorite podcast and he turned on Nick. And one of the episodes, Amanda, you were on it and it spoke on risk taking. And Nick, I don't want to regurgitate what I heard because I feel like it'll come better from you, but I'll tell you that we applied it to our life instantly so if we can talk on that episode so we can bless those out here because we get that conversation all the time how stressed these girls are or vice versa because sometimes a risk taker may be the female so yeah let's just talk on the difference between risk taking and what and who should bear the consequences so for me i am the low risk person in the relationship i I like risk and I am an entrepreneur, but I like very calculated risks. I don't like, I've never gambled in my life. I absolutely hate it. Even a slot machine, you know, in Vegas, like everyone's like, just like, you know, the, the penny slots. I'm like, no, I don't like it. Like, I just know that it's, it's a lose situation, but 
know, Nichols, on the other hand, is like, it's fun, you know, the game, like, you could win a lot, you could go big, and, and that's his personality. And so in business and investing, you know, we just had to ways, you know, I'm low risk, so he had to understand me. And he's high risk, so I had to understand him. And so this one scenario that I know we were talking about on the podcast was um, there was one investment thing and he wanted to do it. And it was one of his mentors. And I was like, no, I don't think you should do it. I was really like controlling. And, you know, I think that's one thing in relationships that really exposes. If you have the need for control, it really shows up in your marriage. And so for me, I had to be like, okay, I'm trying to control him and I have to realize, hey, you're high risk and that's what you want to do. And, and you as a man should make that own decision if you want to make that. But I'm not going to take the, the consequences of it. I'm not going to be like, you know, if something goes bad, then, you know, then I take the, the burden of it. I'm going to let you handle that. And so, you know, ended up I was right, but it's okay because most of the time Nicholas is, is right and the high risk does pay off as an entrepreneur. Hey, 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 hold on a second. <laughs> she might have been right in the instance, but that paid off. I ended up investing in dozens of companies and most of them failed. So she was right in that sense, yet the ones that won made it me positive yes, in all my investments. So thank you very much. <laughs> to the high, the high achievers and the people that are high risk. Though, though high risk can definitely bite you in the butt. Like it's yeah. not good. And one of the big things that we talk about is that inside of every king has a kingdom and every single kingdom, has, every king has a queen. Like you don't really hear about like a king with a kingdom that doesn't have a queen. And if you do, it's like, you know, it's like we need to make sure we get that person in that slot. One of the big things that we care about is that the, the whole kingdom, and you maybe hear this from Jocko, is like the new age version of like taking full responsibility. If you're the CEO of your company or you're the husband in your relationship, it's time to take responsibility because you're the head of the company or technically the head of the relationship. Not meaning that one is better or higher than the other, just one takes the burden for all the negative things as well. And us as men are called to be able to do that. We've been able to do that in our life. So for us, it's like the king of the kingdom takes on the burden of the kingdom and the woman inside of the relationship also gets to be more free with the same amount of power, same authority. A queen has always had the same authority as a king just without all the repercussions for the bad decisions made, it falls back on the king. So it gives the queen the ability to fully go out there and risk and try new things and be creative and do what she's great at without having the risk of it falling back on. And there's just something about that that's so powerful to me is taking full responsibility as a man inside the relationship, but also knowing that me being high risk, I wonder if you guys have felt this before, and her being low risk, what we've ended up seeing is that our risk factors have like almost lukewarm each other out. Where like when we do business together, I don't like taking risks because I don't want to hurt her feelings or like make her upset. And then for her, like I don't even know what it does for her. She's just like no risk anyway. And so what I've found now is to be able to compartmentalize one, our tasks and also the way the areas where can I risk? Right? Like if you're in a relationship right now and you're like you're the wife or the husband that's low risk and you're like, you can't do anything. Well, that's going to shut off their creativity, the fun in their life. You can't gamble. No, like, how about you have a budget, a certain amount of money where, the, where the, the low risk person doesn't even look at. So that's where we've been able to compartmentalize our life. I know that you got a big takeaway from that. For me, it was just part of our everyday talk. And so if you have any follow-up questions on that, that'd be awesome. But those are some of the things that off the top of my head are, are big things that we believe in and are things that we had to fight through. And roles was definitely a piece of it as well. We were in completely different roles inside mm -hmm. of probably a relationship and the business complete opposite when we first got married yeah. and nothing was working at all 
until we switched our roles and pushed ourselves into where we're great at, where we can flourish, which is very interesting and changing when you have kids, which I'm sure you guys know. Absolutely. I love that. So we, we have a, a devotional that's coming out. It's on pre-sale. And in the devotional, we talk about these commandments, right? And the number one commandment is know your role. So I love that you mentioned that because it is important. And then the switching of it. And I think that's the point that when we realized that maybe before how we were doing it was okay. But now like the moment we listen to your podcast, it's like, ah, that was the missing link. There's too many things burdened on me that I felt, I got it. I can handle it. Don't worry about it. Bring it over. And he's saying, okay, you got it. You got it. Right. But it was, it was not delaying me, but I think what you said, kind of like just occupying me in spaces that didn't allow my strength to then come out as bright as they should have because I was so occupied with the consequences of the risk. And I'm talking about it just changed our dynamic in our life. So completely. And I love that you said, you know, it's a part of our everyday. And I think that's the beauty of having gifts, right? Having the understanding and sharing it because we make what may, what you may think it's an everyday daily, not that big of a deal could literally change someone else's life the minute they hear about it. So no, I, I appreciate that. What did you get from it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely was like a light switch that went off. Um, Cause I think, did I listen to that episode? first no i think we both listened to it for the first time yeah because he was like making me listen to like three or four of them and it's like then we hit that one and that was just like yeah yeah definitely so yeah it it was like perfect timing because i think the discussion we were having before we even got on the podcast was kind of based around some of it but that kind of just put it right into perspective Mm -hmm. so it was like just on time. It was mm-hmm. definitely so on, t- on time. How, how I wish you guys remember what episode it was because then we'd be able to share like what it was. I, oh, it's like good. revelation, right? You, you listen to it in one season. It's different. Hey bud, you want to get on your cutie. first show? Let's uh, say hello. It's, like, it's actually like his like fifth show now. That he's made <laughs> guest we love it. Ah, that smile. <laughs> so when we first got on, we were talking about that maybe the, the baby um, would have to show up and I love that. And I said, please. And, here's why the beauty this is what entrepreneurship is at the end of the day i mean how many times we don't go into the office and put the kids on the floor in a sleeping bag to go to sleep while we're still working like it has to happen so this is a perfect example of life it's not sweet we have to figure it out (laughs) we have to multitask so he's adorable thank you so one thing i want to say about that real quick is one of the big things my mentors told me was to build your business around your life, not your life around your business. One of the things that I first did inside of BDV, which is our company, was that I was like, I, I'm, I would rather do life with him, which he gets like, why are you talking so loud to me? <laughs> uh, I'd rather do life with him, bring him on cameras, bring him on the call, and live my life that way, and a certain amount of people will be attracted to that, rather than trying to act, put him down. Or You've seen those crazy things I'm like, uh, news channels where a kid comes into the room and like the nanny pulls them out and it's on live TV. Like, uh, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather yeah. bring him into the life, build the business around our life, not our life around our business where we're having to tiptoe about everything. That, I mean, that's a part of the business. Our children are a part of the business. God forbid something happens to us. Our children need to know, Hey, this is what's necessary for me to step up to fill in the gap. So yeah, we're the same way. It's definitely about exposure. I mean, to train people in your business that come that you hire, not train your children, I think that's definitely a disjustice to them. So 
Yeah, we applaud it and we welcome it 100%. I have a question as far as your roles. So let's like be completely transparent, right? When we were trying to figure that out in the very beginning, because I heard you mention that, and I remember for us, that was the struggle. We can, in, in, our, in our relation now in our home, we're not allowed to say friction anymore. Or like when people say, oh, grinding, grinding. We're not allowed to say grinding. But in the very beginning, we were grinding so hard, right? And trying to figure out what next and how to reach the next level and trying to figure out what's your strengths and what's my weaknesses. And that's when we got the aha moment. Well, let me not focus on my weaknesses because you're weak. So I'm just going to be frustrated. And as a frustrated woman, I'm not going to be able to be the wife that you need, right? Exactly. And then vice versa, if he's focusing on his weaknesses and I'm arguing with him, why you didn't this, why you didn't that, but that's not his strongest point. Then again, another frustrated wife fussing at the husband and he's trying to figure out why she's fussing. So let's talk about that. When did you get that revelation and how did the dynamic change? And then what was the aha moment for you guys? Um, I don't remember the exact situation of when we figured out the roles, but you know, in the beginning, I, we both are more extroverted people. I'm an internal processor though, and he's an external. So that's how like we're different, but we're both very extroverted people. Um, and so in the beginning, I was like the face of the company with like uh, our health coaching business. Yeah. And he, yes. he was more of like the back end, and it just was not working. Cause I'm not naturally like a sales type of person. And so I was getting frustrated and all of this stuff. And so when we went towards, I'm more task oriented and he's more people oriented. We're like, well, maybe you should be out there in the limelight, you know, speaking because that's your gift and out there because he's so good at sales, you know, doing that role because I'm not good at it. You know, I could do it, but I it take a lot of work. But my role that I'm really good at is task. I'm very like, get this done, you know, my to-do list and managing projects. And so that's what we do in the business. Nicholas is very much so the the spokesperson, the salesperson, the person that, you know, creates content. Um, and then I manage the team. I, you know, do all the finances, a million different tasks, you know, whatever needs to be done, I kind of just fill in the gap. And I love that. I, my, my biggest role is supporting him. And that's what I love to do as well. And we have a lot of friends that they're, it's actually the opposite. So we have a lot of friends where the woman is the face of the company and she's like, you know, the extrovert and the motivator. And then the guy's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, in the, in the office, you know, 12 hours a day running this, his wife's company. And so for us, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Obviously I don't work 12 hours a day in the office because I got this little one, um, but we, we make it work. So that's kind of how our roles are in, in the business. But I, I remember one thing that you kind of touched on that I feel like is really big is that women love to feel safe and understood and men like to like conquer and achieve right it's like even even for us like when we watch sports channels or something like that it's actually proven that men actually get depressed with their testosterone lowers if their team loses and actually goes up when they win and there's mm -hmm. there, we think that like oh by taking on all this burden for us as men to find purpose people think it's to have freedom which means that you have no responsibilities they've actually proven now that a way to get out of depression is for a man to take on more responsibilities and so one of the biggest things let me just make sure we got ig here one of the biggest things is that when i started noticing that i remember at the beginning like there was nothing we were really good at it felt like you're gonna grab the mic but it felt like everything that we were good at and bad at were exactly the same and i think that inside of a relationship 
you're going to suck at everything, even the things that you have the potential to be great at, you're going to suck at it at the beginning. And so that was the tough part for us is we thought, what do we need to do to be successful? I thought my wife's cute and I put her as a face of the company. How do people not buy? <laughs> and that was kind of the, like the thought around it. And she was the one who was a go-getter. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of doing the wrong thing. I was afraid of, of being rejected. And she wasn't. She'd go meet people, shake hands. And so it was interesting that at first I was the technical back end. I had no type of skill set in that area, but I wasn't great at sales. She says that now because now I am because mm -hmm. I had the ability to become great, but I was not good at it. And as we started taking more action, doing more activities, we started noticing, Nicholas, you suck at the technical stuff. You should probably stop doing that. And so one of the things that we do every single day is we check in with each other and, uh, mm -hmm. and we constantly are asking, what are you good at and what do you like to do? And even with our employees, we do the same thing because I'd rather have an employee switch positions and be great at it and have the capacity and enjoy it and just have someone else fill the, the place that they don't like and they're not good at. So we consistently are making sure we write down the task. Mm -hmm. What do you need to do? What do you not need to do? Because those are very important. Mm -hmm. What are you good at? And what do you, uh, what do you like to do? And generally, at first, you kind of have to do it all and just do it together. And you just, it's a hodgepodge of everything. Mm -hmm. And the goal would be to get Amanda into the place where she's good at, she likes to do, and she needs to do. And even offload the things that she's good at, likes to do, but doesn't need to. That would be like writing an email. She doesn't build, need to building be the one who does it. I love, I love building funnels. I'm super geeky like that, but do I need to do it? No, we have someone on our team that will do it. But all. in the home life, think about this. We could have someone watch Kingston all the time, change all of his types, do these things. But instead, we choose to have people help come clean the dishes, clean the house, because that, even though she's maybe good at it, it's more important to us to be with Kingston and have someone take it over. Yeah, she's not. I, I actually have a mug for her that says I'm pretty mediocre at house. Yeah. And I, I've, every time I make her coffee, I, I grab that mug. I love that. That is so true. And something that seems so basic can save so many marriages, which is the reason for this love for movement is that as entrepreneurs, when you already, when you have the entrepreneurial spirit, right, and you're entering this, into the relationship, whether it's one entrepreneur or both in a relationship or entrepreneur, if you can just get this concept of what your role is, how to be a team, how to be around, around other like-minded couples, and we have 12 commandments talking about it all. If you get that down packed, you can save so many marriages because it's, it's pretty easy to say, you know what, I'm not dealing with this because you have the stress of the relationship and then you also have the stress of actually building businesses, building, as we say, the empire, that is a lot. And who wouldn't want to give up? But if you can just be around other like-minded couples that can lift you up and follow these steps that are pretty simple if you just get exposed to it, will definitely make a difference. If you guys don't mind, I really want to talk about the difference in your personality. Something you mentioned, Nick, was not, what I didn't ask me in the pre-call was how transparent can you be? So completely up to you what level you want to take it to. But um, you talk about how you had this insecurity of a feeling and you didn't want to do that. And, you know, there might be a lot of men on here now that will be watching it later that it's like, you know, that's me. And I don't know how to say that out loud, but inside I am absolutely like terrified to fail, especially when I'm with someone and I have children. And then Amanda seemed like you may not have had that insecurity. You were just on a go. So let's talk about that because those are two huge personalities, especially when you're trying to build a business. How did that clash a little bit? And tell us how you felt. 
Well, first off, we know that each one of us has our best interests in mind, and I think that's a really cool place to start inside a relationship. Yeah. The second thing was that I remember when I, we were maybe two years married or so, and one of my mentors was Navy SEAL, and I remember going to his house and just feeling like he must not have any problems. He had like 13 years married, and I remember we were in an argument, and I actually just had a coaching call with a guy as well that he was talking about how he got in an argument with his fiance and was like, so shameful about it because he thought it was something like you didn't do. And I just remember this guy looking at me and I told them about it and I was with Amanda and he was with his wife and he looked at me and laughed and said like, Oh my gosh, we just had the same thing happen. And I was like, wait a second. Like you guys were 13 years married and you guys love each other, but you like had the same issue. And that's when all of a sudden it just was like, okay to not be perfect. And Eminem, when I was like 12 years old, my brother used to run away from home all the time. And I was really just in a room by myself. I discovered Eminem, the rapper, and I was like, I really studied his life and realized that he blew up and found freedom when he stopped caring about what other people thought about him. And he put everything out there that he was insecure about out to the world. And it was so big for me because I had all these insecurities. I was overweight. I used to take down my nipples every single day because I had man boobs. I had raw scar, like I had, uh, what are they called? Like calluses all, all over my chest from putting tape because I was so overweight. And I was like, I used to be so afraid of that to the point where Amanda didn't know I was overweight until we were engaged. Like she knew I was, but she had never seen a picture. And so I just started sharing that with everyone and not being afraid of it. And knowing that other people out there, I have a mentor that says, you're, you're unique, but you're not so unique that nobody, you're not so unique that nobody else has the same problems. And so that was a huge thing for me was first not knowing, knowing that you're not the only person that's struggling with what you're going through. And more people can actually relate to your failures than your successes. So if you want to be inspirational in this life, one of the first steps is being able to realize that if you have an issue, that's an opportunity. One of my biggest quotes I get quoted for is your mess is your message. For me, I had lots of issues. And as I worked on them myself and was transparent about them, and you can ask me anything about any of them, what, what ended up happening is I found a solution. And when I found a solution, I was able to bring it to other people the same way that you are right now. And it just gave me an extra little motivation. I thought that by making a million dollars or by going out there becoming more success, successful, more people would like me and more people would relate from me, to me and buy from me. But really they didn't. That was just why they should listen. But actually, and like you have to have a reason, right? No one's ever done real estate before. You don't want to invest to learn from them on how to do that. Yet if they tell you about how they failed and they were just like you, there's only two types of people you can be. You, you can be a leader that is who they want to be like, or you can be the leader that they feel like they're just like. And I feel like that one is so much more relatable and it doesn't put all the pressure on you. So that, that was a huge thing for me about any of it. Like I always thought that inside of a relationship, you had to do things correctly and you'd never have any problems. Now I just embrace that there's conflicts. That's why we have commitment and marriage till death to us part so that we can have trust and commitment to communicate through it and what they found is that when you actually know and understand someone more, so you communicate to understand not to be right. And when you do that, you actually get to know the person more, which means that you can love them more, which means that when you get through that conflict, you actually have more love and more of that feeling that can sustain you to make a new commitment inside the relationship. So it's the commitment that helps you follow through on it. And one of the best places you can open up first is inside of the relationship. That's, that's big that you, you know, very, very, very great points. Um, being able to be wise enough to know that, hey, this is what we're dealing with. 
we're going to go get help with this. Let's go get another perspective. I think that's where a lot of people, especially men, um, they lack at. And a situation in a relationship and marriage can go for so long because you never, you're never open enough to go get outside help. And I love the fact that you said that you went to your mentor, you know, together and sat down and you realized because you were able and willing to be vulnerable enough to step outside of yourself and, not, and outside of what you know to seek help from someone else, you were able to get an answer. And in that answer was something that that very person was going through as well. And that not only does that give you a sense of ease, but it also gives you a sense of like, wait a minute, so you mean that we're not the only ones that go through this? And that's why it's very important to make sure that you surround yourself with couples that, you know, are either in position you're in or in a greater position. And you get to know that, listen, we're not alone going through this, but together we can overcome it. We can conquer it because we now have examples of other people that have been through it, coming out of it, have came out of it or, or trying to come out of it as well. So now you have some accountability. I love that. And I'm only smirking because my son just learned how to roll over. And so we put him on his stomach just now and he just rolled over and now he's like all pumped about it. <laughs> That's nice. And, and speaking of your son, we, we learned this as being parents. You never know your son. You'll never know your wife. You'll never know your husband of who he is today until today. Mm, that's so good. You know, like who, who Nicholas was five years ago is not who he is today. Who your son is today, a year from now, he'll be somebody else. He'll be interested in new things. He'll have new goals. He's going to be, you know, getting involved in things that he wasn't even worried about before. Um, and that's the same thing in a relationship and marriage. When you hit a million dollars, Nicholas, you notice when you hit a million dollars, it's like a million dollars. Your responsibilities change. Uh, the things that you focus on, your, your diligence change. Everything changes once you hit that. And then it's like, okay, now it's time to go to the next level. And now you know, you know, there's a greater level of sacrifice and studying to make sure that we hit that next pinnacle. So very, very important. One of the things you keep mentioning is trust and security. So let me just, because sometimes you have to break this down so clear to couples, because then you'll have the guy say, see, she trusts her husband. You know, she lets him do whatever. And it's like, it, it, ha it has nothing to do with that. He shows me there's an area that I can feel secure in, that I can trust because he's consistent. Then by all means, you have all my trust. But let's talk about that, because I'm sure you guys get that all the time, where obviously, you know, couples, they do tend to, to compare and just, they want to learn, but at the same time, they're like taking notes to see, well, how can they apply it to their relationship? And every relationship, the dynamic is different. You have to know yeah. where you fit in, in what we're saying you should do, right? Um, what steps you should take. So how do you fit that in? But at what point in time, how often, or with what does Nicholas show you that, of course, I can trust him. I'm secure because this is what he does. What is he consistent in, et cetera? I think it's his daily, his daily actions and his commitment. I think, you know, I am blessed because Nicholas is very, very trustworthy. I've never not trusted him at all. Um, and it's just, I think for us, we've always had that trust because we built it in the very beginning and nothing has, you know, come across where I'm like, oh, I can't trust him anymore. Like it, it, that's never happened. But for a lot of relationships, it's not like that. And so trust, you know, trust is built every single day through daily actions, commitments, staying true to your word. And, you know, I think it's, 
it's every relationship's journey. You know, you're always learning how to communicate better. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things for me in, in our relationship that I had to learn was, and I'm still working on this to this day, is communicating my needs, communicating my thoughts, because I am an internal processor. Sometimes I just stay quiet and I don't express my feelings. Um, that was our biggest struggle when we first got together was Nicholas would just be like, well, we need to figure this out right now. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's just, it's all, you know, in my head and I don't know how I'm feeling. I need time to think about what my feelings are. And so we got to learn how to do that and just resolving that conflict right away. You know, if, there, if there's something that your significant other does that breaks that trust, you need to tell them right away. You need to communicate it because if you don't, then it just builds that grudge, you know, where you're just, it just, it's like that list of like everything you did wrong. And then when you get in that fight, you like pull it out and you're like, you did this wrong. You did that wrong. Like, I can't trust you here. And you just build up all these things. And, and the Bible talks about that love keeps no records of wrong. And, you know, that's one of the biggest mistakes I think a lot of couples make. And it's easily avoidable. It's, it's hard to do because it, you know, our, our flesh is like, oh, we want to like get even. But the biggest thing in, in a power couple relationship is you guys are on the same team. So you cannot try to get in a fight and keep all these records of wrong of your significant other when you guys are supposed to be aligned, you know, working together through everything. So, you know, work every day to be united in that and fight for it because, <laughs> because the world wants to break you apart and you have to fight for love. Absolutely. I agree with that. And that, that's part of being that love panor where you're focused on building. And the moment you stop focusing on building each other and the business up and you start building on yourself, self-gratification, what do you want to do and not considering everything that you're building around you, including your family, you start breaking that pattern up a little bit. So I couldn't agree more. How about the other way around, Nicholas? What would you say with Amanda with that trust and security? Because, so, again, you, you struggled with that a little bit. You know, so it's like how, do you, how did she win you over when it came to that? Yeah, I think it was the, the way that the foundation of how we built the relationship, I think, was really big. And I have to try not to project with little, little dings to Look at his little lip. He's like, why do you have to talk so loud, Dad? It, I think right off the bat was one of the biggest things is that we consistently always kept a, a big part of our relationship as intimacy below commitment. So we only went further into intimacy physically. And we started off as like a long distance style relationship. So that was really easy at first. We start, we only went down that route as we had higher commitment. So we actually didn't even have sex until we got married, which got us pushed to get married pretty quickly. And so that was a commitment to ours. So we exercised that from the very beginning. Yet one of my mentors, the same Navy SEAL really helped me because I was one of those guys that would do really well when people were watching. Like when I played sports, when the coach was watching, transparently and i'm sure many other people can attest to this i would work really really hard when the coach was watching and when the coach wasn't watching i didn't work hard and so i didn't get great results but i could always they can never blame it on how hard i worked which was also very very fake so my commitment was tied to other people so he showed me there's two different types of commitment i'm only going this route because if there's people out there like oh how'd you create trust it's like, well, how do I do it right now? Like, how do you recreate trust? There's two different types of, of trust and commitment. First off, commitment is doing what you said you were going to do after the feeling you said it in is gone. So you make a commitment so that when you don't feel like doing it, you still do it. The problem is, is we never keep ourselves committed or accountable to our actual commitments. 
So one of the first things to do is realize there's social commitment and personal commitment. Social commitment is like we said we'd be on the show. So if, if this was just a random show, like something that wasn't with other people, I probably would have canceled it because oh, it's like just us and it's only going to affect us and it's our anniversary. But because you guys were here, I was like, oh, I committed to it, so I have to follow through. And so that's like a great social commitment. But a lot of times that's for other people. But how often do we say, I'm going to stop drinking tomorrow or I'm going to stop smoking tomorrow or I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow at 6 a.m. or I'm going to eat healthy. We're like, oh, just one more. Oh, the next day. Oh. Like, and we notice this because 97% of people that go on a diet end up breaking the diet and end up in worse shape than they were when they first started. So 97% of people are struggling with this. So one of the first things to do is to start making smaller commitments, even in the relationship. I can't tell you how many times inside of relationships, like, honey, I'll never do that again. Honey, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you said. And then the next day they screw it up and they self-sabotage. So stop making such big commitments. Start making small ones, following through on them every single day in your health. Start with drinking water. Start with the things that you can, start with the things that you can physically control. And th that's where I would start to start building trust with yourself. Because if you can't trust yourself, why would other people trust you? And I feel the basis of trust is built with yourself. If you cannot trust yourself and say that you're going to do something fall through, then no one else has a right to trust you either in, in, anyway. Like, he he's going to take him out. <laughs> Sounds good. He's like, yeah, he, he smells milk from a mile away, you know. When she's in here in the same room, he's like, you know what, it's time. It's time. <laughs> I love that. That is so true. Yeah, definitely, definitely great points. I mean, I, I think that would help so many people if they apply it. Mm -hmm. That's that's the main part. If they really want it. Yeah, I mean, I think here, here's how I learned it real quick for the people that are wondering. Like, that was not easy for me. I started getting mentored by this Navy SEAL, and I once watched him. We were working out. We worked out seven days a week for three and a half years. And I worked out with these Navy SEALs. It was like a private gym. And I, would, I once saw this Navy SEAL running down the street, and he fell, scraped up his whole body. And I just remember, like, thinking, oh, my gosh, in the Olympics, what do they do? They, like, pick him up, and they run him back to the house. Mm -hmm. So I went to go pick him up. He's like, get your hands off me. He kept running, didn't say a word. Didn't ask for sympathy, empathy, nothing. He's bleeding. Does the whole workout, and then he goes and washes himself off. I'm, like, confused. <laughs> so then I see one of the Navy SEALs. He has this huge dog. He's on a skateboard. He starts walking the dog, goes off the curb, isn't coordinated at all, face plants, his whole face is bloody. And he gets up, and he just took off. And I'm, like, what is he doing? And so I said, oh, he's going to finish washing the, walking the dog because that's what he was doing. And I'm, like, but he just face planted. Like, I'm pretty sure I would go inside and wash up and then go back out and then walk the dog right. or not even walk the damn dog. Like, why would you walk the dog? <laughs> and I started realizing this and, and, and then he started doing his workouts. I saw him write workouts on the board and they would be, he'd make them up and he'd be an hour into it. I'd be like, dude, that's the best workout we've ever had. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, no, no. Like we're going to finish the workout. He says, finish the workout and then decide to make a better commitment next time. You didn't have to commit to it, but you did. So now finish it and then decide next time if you want to do that again. And it got me to really quickly, it's not about following through and commit. Sometimes it's not, it's not about, it's about not making them. Like you don't have to say, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. No, start small because you don't have to make commitments if you don't want to. A part of success is saying no. 
Mm. Like so many times we overcommit to things and then we let people down and then we judge ourselves and we feel all bad and we feel shameful about how we're not trustworthy. We never follow through on our commitments. No, you're just making stupid commitments, really bad commitments that you probably should never even made in the first place. But the ones that you do have, try your very best to follow through them. Dan Pena, probably not the best mentor for people if they uh, <laughs> are sensitive in the ears, but I like his, dad, his, da his dad once, check this out. Him and his mom traveled to go see his dad in Vietnam. His dad showed up at the boat dock, went to hug him. He hugged his son, and his son came out with blood on his hands. It's like, Dad, what happened to you? His dad went into surgery with a gun on him when he was in a different country. The opposing side was performing the surgery. He wouldn't take the anesthesia so that he, they, he didn't get killed, and just so he could pick his son up from the boat dock because he said that he would. So Dan then got in an accident in Mexico, was in the hospital, flew out of the Mexican hospital all the way to the American hospital, and met someone in Beverly Hills, in, still with the bag, like the IV bag, in a meeting, still be all messed up because he said he would be there. And I found a consistency amongst people that are successful, and this is just one of the things that I've seen. And that's extreme, but those are inspiring things to me because following through inside of your relationship, following through inside of your life and your business, those are things that you can actually control. And when I look at my friends that invest in 30 companies that are, that he's investing in the owners of these companies, I go, what do you look for? Is it talent, skill, marketing, sales? He's like, no, it's all the things you can control. Honesty, integrity, commitment, follow through, trust. These are the things he looks for because those are the things that you can control but are the hardest to find. You want to stand out, just do the easy stuff. Show up every day. Show up consistently. Be your best self. Make commitments and follow through. Like there's no one has any right reason not to trust you if you actually follow through on what you say. One of the fastest things to lose respect inside of your relationship or other people's relationships is to say you're going to do something, not do it. Now, on that side as well, realize that people make mistakes. I once had a client that I told him I would send him a soap recommendation. I didn't. He never talked to me again. He started looking, what a jerk, I can't believe you didn't do that. Like, people make mistakes. Yeah, and it's okay yeah. to communicate through that. And that's what relationships are for, is that certain relationships will be on a priority for communication. Like, if I was a jerk and you don't like me here today on this live, you never have to hear from me again. Because we're not, like, not you guys, obviously, but the people watching. Right. Like, if you think I'm a jerk, well, then you're like, oh, I never have to watch him again. You're not going to go communicate to me, hey, Nicholas, I'm so sorry, I felt like you were a jerk. Like, no. You maybe do that with a friend right. or a family member and especially inside of your intimate relationships. And so it's like, know that if you have any thing right now on your mind, I had a call two days ago with a friend who didn't follow through on what he said. Guess what I did? I called him. Hey man, I respect you so much as a friend that I feel like I can't trust you because you didn't follow through on what you said. And I just don't want to have that feeling anymore. And so I thought I would call you and let you know. He was like, oh my gosh, I've never had anyone do that before. I'm like, yeah, because it's awkward, but I guarantee you've done it to other people and you were able to resolve it. And for the relationships that you care about, you'll have those conversations. I and give them love grace. that. Mm -hmm. That's really, really, really good. good. Oh really my God. I, I hope you guys got that. Yes. That was good. People are going to be calling their mom, their grandma, <laughs> their brothers, their sisters. You know, I love that because you can be vulnerable. I mean, you know, and being okay, because that, that was a vulnerable moment that should have made him strong. So I really appreciate that. I want to take one step 
back a little bit and talk about that was one of those things that impressed me so much about you, Nick, when I first met you. Again, my husband knew you already because he's been part of the group, but I had the pleasure of meeting you. And when you spoke about the what you sacrificed in a relationship with you and Amanda to get where you are now, a lot of people talk about, oh, you know, you guys have such, um, what is that? Um, it came off. All right, we got to plug him back on. We'll wait for Nick to come back on. Are you guys enjoying this or what? Nick and Amanda are spitting. Listen, give me thumbs up, heart something. You guys are truly enjoying this live. We still have about another 10 minutes or so to get back on. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll finish out the interview. But I'm loving your feedback. And if you guys have any questions, please, please let me know. And we will definitely add you guys back on. Does it have an option for it? Hmm? No, but does it say like to add someone? Yeah, at the bottom. Thank you. Thank you for the hearts. Thank you for the hearts. Okay, yeah, this is definitely has has definitely been amazing. But I we're about to reveal something that a lot of you guys may not know about Demetrius and I. And it's something that I am very proud of. I think that we're both are very proud of. All right, Nick, you're back on. You know what, though? I was about to get so spiritually deep, the devil was just mad. He's not going to stop it, though. I, well, the phone overheated, so it makes sense. <laughs> that's exactly what just happened. So I, I just hopped on the phone. much fire. You overheated the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a dragon? I get it. I get it. <laughs> so what I was going to say was a lot of, something that a lot of people may not know about the Demetrius and I. But um, so Nick earlier mentioned about him and Amanda and how they decided to make the commitment to themselves, the relationship, and to God, and not be sexually active until they got married. Now, Demetrius and I, although we were sexually active before we got married, about a year into the relationship that we started off wrong, we made a commitment to God. And we said, you know what, Lord, because him and I have been in previous relationships. I just came out of a six-year relationship. This man has had so many women, Lord. Longer than the arm. I, who knows? Some may be on here too. Hi. Ladies' man. <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> he calls himself a counselor, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that I wanted the relationship different, and so did he. And we were at a place before we started dating that we were sick and tired of the, the, the just the usual over and over in the cycle. And we, as individuals, made a commitment to God, not knowing this, right? And when we started dating, started off wrong, a year into it, and we decided, no, we're not going to do it this way. We are completely going to do this God's way. So we completely disconnected um, physically. There was one of that. We said, we're going to commit until we get married. It wasn't even a conversation about marriage. We never went to like, oh, I think I'm going to marry you. I'm talking about we just really wanted a different type of relationship. During that time of fast, if you, if you may call it that fast, we started two businesses together, um, trying to find our way spiritually. And 22 months, for 22 months, when we finally said, I, I think we, were, we can get married. I think this is something that's really, it's, it's serious. We're building something here beyond the relationship. We now have businesses together. And for 22 months, we said no. And when we got married, it was the most satisfying. And not only did were we proud because we stayed committed, but we also we were proud that 
we did it for God and that we put God first throughout because it was a very difficult 22 months, right? So we decided not to marry right away. We wanted to make sure that we were ready for that. And what I love about that is that's the grace that you see in my relationship, in our relationship, and that's the grace that people witness in your relationship with Amanda, that people confuse that with, oh, you guys are so dope. Yeah, but it's the grace on us because we decided to keep God first. So just mention that a little bit because I, I know in our love Lovepreneur movement, that, gets, that doesn't get translated as easily because we business, business, and love, love. But in the middle of that, our foundation has been God. The reason why our first book together was a devotional. We wanted, we even, we're giving away our 12 commandments for free. That's a free thing. But the devotional was important for us to do as a unit because the foundation, the foundation for this, in order for you to have that glory, in order for you to have that grace in your relationship, you have to put God in the middle. Yeah, if you were to look back at me, 17, 18 years old, I would have never even thought I would ever get married. I didn't think I was going to do that, like huge things. I thought maybe I'd be a professional athlete, but I didn't think I'd impact people. I had no heart for people. 18 years old is when I discovered that God was real. And not only real, it was transformative right now. My whole life transformed in a day. So I was a jerk, an idiot, bad, like anything you describe, just total like ass. Like I put, I tore other people down. And in one day, I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll let Jesus be the Lord of my life. Sounds great. Literally in one second, everything changed. Like it wasn't a, I had to walk it out afterwards because there's other things that happened in my life and other pressures that came my way. Yet my family will tell you, like my family, my whole family didn't go to church and my whole life changed in a second. And it's so interesting because that was the foundation where everything was built upon. I talk a lot about in my book, which just one just got taken here. We're like shipping out like a thousand books this week. And I wrote about my book. Like that was where everything shifted for me. Like everything else is just a byproduct of that specific experience. And one of the things for Amanda, like she grew up in a Christian home and inside that Christian home instilled beliefs and systems that work, whether you believe in God or not, if you follow the system, it works. Like, just like, it doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person. If you put an egg on a pan at the right heat and you cook it for the right amount of time, that egg's going to taste good. Same thing happens with sowing and reaping. Same things happens even inside of a relationship with creating that trust and that dynamic. And we've always made that the foundation of everything that we've done. And that's been one thing that is a non-negotiable, but we've had a grace or some type of, I don't know what it is. But we've never had that where either one of us hasn't made that the main priority in our life. And I couldn't imagine going through a relationship where that maybe wasn't the main priority for someone at a different time and how difficult that would be. Yet I think that even what you're talking about is that there's so many ways to get to the results that we want in our life. And you don't have to be perfect. Like you can start right now. Like this is a refresher. And I just had a guy today that had gotten a really, really bad um, argument with his fiance. And he was telling me that he was scared. He's like, oh man, should I get married? Blah, blah, blah. And one of the biggest things is like, man, I think relationships are so much more about focus and intention. Meaning there's a course called Love After Marriage. And one of the big things they do at Love After Marriage, they see that most of these couples that are married, they're married, but they're actually not intimate. They're not connecting and they're not having sex at all. And one of the big things they make them do, there's even a 30-day sex challenge out there for people that are married. And it's so interesting that inside of this relationship, connecting on that reality, like 
making your relationship your focus. So often I feel like people have one foot in the door, one foot out rather than full commitment to their relationship. Like they've proven that you can build love through focus because whatever you focus on grows. If you focus on what your spouse is doing that's wrong, you're already doing the wrong thing. Oh, they don't, they eat this way. They chew so loud. Like you're always triggered, Well, you're always going to be able to find things that are wrong. Just like you can probably find things wrong in this live stream on how my phone died over here and, and you know, all this other stuff. It's like, you know what I mean? So I, I feel that that's a huge focus. And with God in the center of everything, I feel that that is where you can find the foundations and the truths that you can rest assured are going to work. I've always had a quote that's like, I'd rather do what I know is right and fail than do what I already know is wrong and succeed. And like when you have the laws of God, you're able to execute on them and you, you know you did the right thing and you know you're going to win in the end game. And inside of our relationship, it's hard sometimes because you want to nitpick or you want to do whatever. But knowing like if you could do the right thing, not what's nice, but what's right. Very, very different. Being a nice guy and a right, like doing the right thing is completely different. Yet if you do that, I feel that that's a great foundation. It's a great foundation to build trust. I mean, if I were to ask, I know tons of women that are amazing that are like, there's no good men in the world. Man, I guarantee you if they were doing the right thing like that, they'd be totally pumped. Um, for that. Is he all milk drunk now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kingston's all milk drunk now. We're good to go. Hi, welcome back. That, that is um, an amazing point. We, we definitely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the commandments, fight for what's right, not who is right. Um, so that reminds me of that. Absolutely. Can you talk a bit, little bit about the book? Because we have about four minutes left on Instagram. It's going to kick us off. Um, you and I will still stay on Zoom and just kind of wrap up the actual podcast. But um, just speak on the book. Uh, speak about how people can get onto Brotherhood, um, whether it's Facebook or through other means. And don't forget to mention, because I heard about what I think you're doing a wonderful thing about sex, sex trafficking. I think there's something you guys are committing to with that. So please, let's bring those three things up before live kicks us off. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, sorry, God. The, the book is called Modern Day Businessman. It became bestseller this last year. We've even been, we try to focus on like, man, like how can we bless more people out there with the book? So I actually just created something that ties in with the brotherhood. That for the men out there that are looking to not just grow a business, but grow as a man. Because the, the success of the business is directly tied to the success of the man. Same with the success of the marriage. And so if we focus on the man, everything around him flourishes. And so I actually created the book, and we have a Facebook group called The Billion Dollar Brotherhood that if someone were to request and just let me know they came from you, or maybe push your man to be able to go and request and do it, well, they go through just five videos, they get my book for free. I ship it out. I pay for the shipping. I pay for everything. That's one way to earn it. Other than that, Amazon, I literally break down the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars I've spent on mentors and the crazy stories, one of them being how I connect with high-level people. I once got stuck in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the night on a surfboard just to connect with one person, and I went over and spoke to thousands of people afterwards. You have to check out the story inside the book to be able to go check it out. And one of the things that we're doing through that process, those five videos, for the guys right now that are jumping inside of the Brotherhood, which is a virtual mastermind, basically accountability group with other guys, uh, I think we have one more that we have to hit by the end of the month yeah. and this one person will unlock $600 going to unlikely heroes. So, Oh, sorry. Uh, unlikely heroes is sex tra is they're freeing women from sex trafficking and sex slavery. And we always try to pick a nonprofit that if we succeed, so our team gets motivated, okay. if, if people invest with us in our company, we ended up going out and we donate to a certain charity. So this one's going to be freeing women from sex trafficking, sex slavery, getting them in a home and equipping them to be able to go out there and have a career so they never have to go back to that old life. 
So mm-hmm. we, I think we have one. We need one more for yeah, month. Yeah, one more by the end of the month. So that's gonna be really awesome. But over the last couple of years, we've we've sponsored forty three thousand kids to go to after school programs in America just alone. So it's been a big part of it for us. It's like you could set a goal and be like, oh, if I do this, I'll get this car. Or honey, if we do this, we can go to dinner. And those are amazing things. But after a while, you can if you make enough money, you can just go do those things anyway. And so it's like, what's the next motivator? And what's more motivating for your community? What's more motivating for other people? People don't care about you buying a new car or them getting a gift card to Chipotle or something like that for doing good work. But if you go, hey, like guys, we're, we only need five more, 100 more, 10 more people, and we can donate $600 to this charity, let's pick a charity all together. That's what we've been implementing inside of our company. And the guys love being a part of it. They join, they're like, hey, by the way, they don't know it beforehand. They're like, hey, by the way, you help contribute to saving these people. We get all the testimonials. We've helped. I think we have like over 120 kids that were going to commit suicide that's like mm-hmm. gave their testimony just from wow. one of the nonprofits that we personally support. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That amazing. Hey, you could count us in However, to support that. We can support that. So they're, they're looking for someone to join into the brotherhood, right? And that's how you guys would donate, correct? Heck yeah. Okay. All right. So on here, please go do that for, I don't know. Yeah, just, just go to the Billion Dollar Brotherhood Facebook group. Okay. Go get your free book and everything like that. There's no pressure for anyone to do anything. Be a part of the journey. I'll share it. Share what's going on. We don't expect anything from anyone that's, um, that hasn't first been served by us. We look at everyone as bank accounts, meaning if you haven't deposited, you can't withdraw. So I'm like, just let us serve you. Head over to the Billion Dollar Brotherhood Facebook group. Watch those five videos. Let me ship out a book. Let me sign it for you. Just soak just get stuff for free just enjoy and if it's a good fit and you feel like it yeah of course do something just know that our mission isn't just about getting more people into programs it's about transforming lives from the products that we sell to what we do the actual money when we get it's awesome and i appreciate you guys for giving us the platform and teaching people here making deposits and other people as well because everyone should know this as well real quick it's like you guys don't need to do this you guys could just keep working make money do your own thing like don't need to be here, but you guys have done this, and I think it's really, really awesome. That's that's correct. He, I mean, Kingston thinks it's awesome too. My you, man, <laughs> you gotta send us his sizes too. We can send something for him. We gotta get for him. Um, yeah. I'll link up with you, Amanda. Yeah, I love this. There's a boutique, Green Hearts, um, Green Hearts Pink, and amazing stuff. So I'll send them to you. Definitely. Awesome. But yeah, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. I'm, I am a member of it. I enjoy it. Um, it's definitely great dialogue. I can't wait till your next live event. I will definitely be coming. Um, well, I guess she'll be coming with me, but I'll be in the event. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I definitely recommend every every man on this call live podcast to join the Billion Dollar Brotherhood Facebook group. It's amazing. Nicholas is always dropping gems and giving up free game. I mean, the man's giving away his book that he took time and sacrifice. He doesn't have to do it. He's giving it away. So that's unheard of. Um, we're, we're bringing you guys the best. At the end of the day, we are bringing you guys the best. Take advantage of the opportunity. And um, we definitely look forward to, to continue to build. And Amanda, she wasn't able to be on, but we have um, about another minute on IG. Any advice you have for the ladies that, because there was a few questions on there. One of them was, 
you know, how do I get over a breakup? Which again, in a lovepreneur dynamic, you're kind of over that. You're dating someone because you're you're intentional about why you're dating, why you're building with them. You want to build something bigger than just a regular relationship. But what advice would you give a, a woman out there? Is like, well, I want to be part of a dynamic as such, and we have a minute left, so no pressure. <laughs> yeah. So for the women out there who may be single right now that want this type of relationship, um. The biggest thing is to write down what you want. And, you know, what I did when I was 16 years old was I wrote down everything I wanted in a man. Um, I know Instagram is God, <laughs> but I wrote down everything that I wanted in a man. And I think that's one of the biggest things that women can do is write down specifically what you want your life to be like, the type of man you want to marry, and don't settle for anything else. Don't even waste time on on the wrong man, you know, if they don't meet those uh, qualities that you like. And, you know, I, I just always, you know, see people out there that are like, well, I really want this type of relationship, but then they're always going out on dates every single night with some random person. I'm like, well, the, the right person could be right there waiting for you, but they're like, hey, they're with all these other people. So be really, really intentional of everything you want in your life, especially your relationship and Every single woman deserves to feel like a queen because you are and don't settle for anything less than, but also become the person you want to attract. So embody those qualities yourself so that you can also attract that type of person in your life. I know that is so very true. Write the vision and make a plan. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. You so guys. We, we wrapped up on IG. It kind of, look what it did to me. I don't know if we were still on or not, but. <laughs> no, I think it just hit the hour mark. So we're good. Yeah, I don't, it, it kicked us off. But I appreciate you guys and being so patient at Kingston. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy anniversary. How can we serve you guys? That's what I was like trying to say as far as like, because I know you have this, with, I didn't want to interrupt that flow of how to get in in the 600, but how can we serve you so that you can continue on with that mission? Well, you guys are doing it right now. I think it's yeah. really awesome. You guys just giving us an opportunity to share in front of people. And that's always, for us, we're hungry to take opportunity. And I think that's one thing that we've continued to do. I mean, this is our eight year wedding anniversary, right? Yeah. And like, we're here taking opportunity. And so any other opportunities that come up or other people that you guys feel like, man, like, they would do so good. I know that Nicholas and Amanda will show up powerfully. They'll show up even if it's their eight-year wedding anniversary and little Kingston's here all by all with us. Um, and, and we'll make sure to serve them as well. And this has been amazing. I really appreciate it. And then obviously just how you've shown up in the brotherhood as well, man, it's been really cool because it brotherhood isn't about me. It's not a personal brand. Like, Oh, it's Nicholas Fairley show. Like there's a lot of YouTubers out there. Their communities call themselves their name. Jake Pollers, Jake Paul's community. They call I'm Jake Pollard. Like, no, I don't want Nicholas Barely's, you know, like that's not what we want. It's a brotherhood. Like it's all of us contributing to each other. So every time you do that, it raises the value for everyone else. And I really appreciate everything you do with that as well. Yeah, definitely amazing, man. I'm, I'm glad we connected. I really am. And I, I know there'll be some ways that we'll actually make some money together. We talked about that uh, back in LA when I came up and um, I'm definitely looking forward to continue to build with you. Um, and the family as well, you know, we, we, we have some things planned with uh, uh, live events that we're going to do as well and some tours and stuff. So we would love to have you guys as an addition to that. And we'll, we'll definitely speak about that. Let me connect, connect from Facebook Live before we go. So Facebook Live, this, con this concludes our show. Thank you so much for joining Love and Business Is It Worth It with Nicholas and Amanda. They are amazing. Please go follow them, join the Brotherhood. And 
you can contribute to their mission with a nonprofit against sex trafficking. So thank you so much, guys, for coming out for watching. And we will chat soon. Ciao. Please leave Love and Business, Is It Worth It? a five-star review on iTunes. Open the Apple Podcast app and search for Diane. When you find the Love and Business, Is It Worth It? podcast, scroll down and tap the five stars. Also leave us a written review.